well, it's a good thing that the church recommends um, a short homily after this lengthy reading of the Passion Narrative according to Matthew. In many ways, everyone, there is no better way to prepare our own hearts, our own minds, our own lives for this Holy Week than re-familiarizing ourselves with the Passion Narrative. And so we always consider it a privilege to be able to read this Passion Narrative however long it may be. You know, just a few moments ago over in the church, we also read the gospel of Jesus triumphantly entering the holy, holy city of Jerusalem. And now by the end of the reading from Matthew, he's been rejected, he's been scourged, he's been killed, he's been taken down from a cross, placed in a tomb, which is now guarded by uh, Jewish officials. The reason we need to juxtapose Jesus' entry into Jerusalem and then finish with uh, this passion narrative is because it's worth mentioning, right, that Jesus enters the city deeply loved and honored and being praised. And it ends with him being hated and rejected. It began with him being welcomed and it ends with him being killed. And I think it's always worth stepping back for a moment when we read a passion narrative because if your heart is like mine I look to Pontius Pilate and I say, how could you? You thought you were washing your hands clean. Or I look to the Jewish leaders and say, how could you have such a sham trial with these false witnesses? Or I look to Peter and say, yeah, you sure were confident in the beginning. And there you were weeping after having rejected him three times. Or I look to Judas and I say, 30 pieces of silver, really? For your friend, who you now betray with a kiss? And if you're like me, that's how I approach Holy Week. And that's how I read this gospel. But oh, how wrong that is. Oh, what we're missing. Everyone, this entire thing happened because of one word, sin. And we share in that. We have a responsibility to bear. Now, we might not have been in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, and our name might not be Pilate or Judas or Peter or Caiaphas, but we know that Jesus went to the cross to, yes, save us, but also because of us. 
Now you might be saying, Father, that is really extreme. Everyone, Christianity is a salvation religion. Right? Let me say that again. It's been said before that Christianity is a religion of salvation, which means it makes zero sense if we cannot or will not acknowledge from which we need to be saved, right? Why is it maybe the case that Christianity makes little to no sense for so many? Why do I need to be saved? From what? From whom? Christianity makes no sense if we don't recognize that it is a religion of salvation from which there is something we need to be saved. And what is that something? It's sin. It's sin. You know, the saints saw sinfulness as a power that also worked in them. The saints were saints because they were aware of their own need for salvation. The saints were saints because they recognized that this somewhere deep down within them lurks and isn't just in other people. And so what's been on my heart uh, these last weeks and, and certainly uh, reading this passion narrative is I've been humbled in saying I can't just stand back and look to Peter and Judas and Pontius Pilate and say, how could you? But how could I? And this week is about allowing Jesus to save us. This week is about allowing Jesus to heal us. And we don't stand there on Good Friday here in a few days hopeless. We stand there as people of tremendous hope because we know that Easter Sunday follows. So let's allow our hearts to not just point fingers, but let's allow our hearts to be healed, to be saved by Christ who came and gave up his life 